What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Spark Talk. And today we are continuing our draft coverage of the 2023 NFL Draft. And today we are going over day two of the NFL Draft. We are going to be breaking down both the second and third round of this year's draft. Now, I'm not going to go through every single pick. There's about 62 picks uh, or around 60 picks in both of these rounds. That would just take like three hours. And uh, honestly, like I know y'all wouldn't want to probably listen to a three-hour podcast. Not a lot of podcasts can be entertaining for three hours, especially one guy just talking about the NFL draft for three hours. So I'm going to I cut it. Uh, a little bit to talk about some of the picks that really stood out to me, but also some of the bigger name players that did go and all of that. Like, for instance, Steve Avila going to the Rams uh, is someone I didn't highlight. I like the pick. I do have some questions. Like, I did like some players a little bit better of uh, the interior linemen that were still on the board, but he went to the Rams. And I do like the pick, but, you know, people like that. Like, I do like the pick. I do like the fit, but. It's just a lot of players that went today, and I'm not going to be able to go over all those players because it would just take forever. But with that out of the way, we'll get started. We'll get started here with the Pittsburgh Steelers that hurt, uh, held the 32nd pick, and they went and got a second generational player in Joey Porter Jr. And I absolutely like this pick. This is a position of need for them that you know I like they the other starting corner that they had was Levi Wallace he's a solid guy but when you're able to get somebody that can be a starter for five ten years on your team you go out and you go get him and Joey Porter I thought was a first round pick I do have some of the issues with him with his hip um uh, flexibility and all that but he's a guy that I thought was a had great instincts and probably should have been a first rounder. I think he would have been a great zone cover guy, a good press cover guy for any team that would have picked him up. But he goes to the Steelers where his dad played a very long time, won one or two Super Bowls. I want to say he won both Super Bowls with them. But let me see. I typed in Porter instead of Joey Porter. Um, all right, so here we go. So we got Joey Porter, and he won – one Super Bowl. He won the Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl that they played in. So he won one Super Bowl. And so he so Joey Porter Jr. knows what that feel is like. Obviously he was a kid when all that stuff happened, but you know, he's seen he's been at he's been in that facility for all his life. He went to Penn State because his dad played at Pittsburgh. He grew up in Pittsburgh and he gets drafted in Pittsburgh. So he's a guy that knows that Stiller's culture and he knows what he needs to bring to Bring a successful or successful Pittsburgh Steelers team. So I like the pick, and it actually fills a position of need for them. So I do like that pick. So we'll move on to the second pick, and this is another guy that probably could have and maybe should have went first, especially if a team wanted that fifth year option on him. But Will Levis, the Titans trade up to get Will Levis at thirty third pick in this year's draft, and I like it. I do. I like it a lot. Will Levitt, like, uh, let's start on Malik Willis. Malik Willis is a guy that, obviously, super athletic, super, uh, he has athleticism. 
He has good arm talent. He can throw it deep, but I just think he struggles processing the game. And you don't have time, especially with the way the Titans are constructed right now, you don't have the time to wait on him to develop for three to four years. Where I think Will Levis is a guy that you can maybe wait a year, year and a half for him to develop into that starting guy that you want to. And Will Levis has a great arm. I think he does process the field pretty solidly. I think he probably could improve like any of the rookies in this draft class could definitely improve on that. But he's a guy that I think a lot of his faults really came from his mechanics and his risk-taking. I think he took too many risks, and I think he needs to clean up his throwing motion, his footwork, and all of that, and the way his body moves when he's throwing the football. And those are things that we've seen Josh Allen fix, and it's starting to become a lot easier to fix those type of things. So I think the Titans got a really solid backup, or really solid replacement, I should say, for Ryan Tannehill, and a guy that I think could be their starter for five, six, seven years, depending on how it is. Is he going to be their franchise guy? We'll wait and see. Does he have the arm talent to be a franchise guy? Absolutely. But we had to wait and see for that. But I think he could be a solid starter in the NFL for maybe five, six years, like a Ryan Tannehill, before he gets, uh, before he becomes maybe a bridge type of quarterback uh, in the league. But as of now, like he, I think he does have the arm talent to be a franchise guy, but he just has to work on the mechanics. The mechanics are a big issue for him, and we'll see what happens here. But I like the pick by the Titans going up and, you know, getting somebody that can replace Ryan Tannehill for your team. And so we'll go over and we'll go to my first actually disappointing pick, in my opinion. The Lions go get Sam Laporta out of Iowa, and they leave Michael Mayer, and Luke Musgrave on the board. Sam Laporte was a guy that, honestly, I just, I like this. I like this pass catching ability. I just thought he was not very solid in the run game, and he's a guy that, honestly, like I like Michael Mayer a lot. Michael Mayer was my number one tight end. He's a guy that can do it all. I think he would have fit perfectly in that Detroit culture. And Luke Musgrave, I think, had a lot better upside. Than uh Sam or than Sam Laporta, but Sam Laporta is a very fluid mover. I think he could be a really solid uh tight end for them. I just I don't know. I questioned it a little bit because you did have Michael Mayer on the board, and honestly, like it was kind of it was a bit of a surprise that he, uh Sam Laporta did go above both of them. Uh, because I do like Michael Mayer a lot. I think Michael Mayer brings a lot of ability, like blocking and receiving, to your team. So it was it it took me back a bit on that, but honestly, like we'll we'll see what happens. He's a guy. He's a he's a potential guy. He's a guy that you had to develop, but we'll wait and see with him. But it was an interesting choice for sure. So we'll move up or move on to the next pick, which is it ended up being Michael Mayer to the Raiders, and I absolutely love this pick. This is a guy that. I think, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, he was nicknamed Baby Gronk his senior year of high school at Kentucky, or when he was playing in Kentucky. Uh, and he's I'll, and he's really built like Rob Gronkowski. He plays like him. He's very physical. He can block. He can receive. He can make those contested catches for you. He can box out safeties. He can do all of that for you. And Josh McDaniels, 
in that system has worked with Rob Gronkowski. And I think Michael Mayer is going to be Rob Gronkowski 2.0. Obviously, we got to wait to see if he has that career like him. A lot of Rob Gronkowski's career has been the success in the postseason and coming up big when his team needs him. So obviously, Michael Mayer, we have to wait and see on that. But Michael Mayer has all the intangibles to be Rob Gronkowski 2.0. So I'm very high on Michael Mayer. I think he's a great talent at the tight end position. He's not the, obviously, he's not your deep threat tight end that, you know, people are complaining that, oh, he's too slow uh, to be a star tight end. Speed, I'm not worried about speed with tight end. I'm not worried about your ability to be a deep threat. I'm worried about your red zone ability, uh, which Michael Mayer has, your ability to go and get first downs and short yardage or be able to make a contested catch or catching traffic at the line of, or at the yard marker to go get first downs and your ability to block in the run game. Are you good at blocking in the run game? And he does all of that. And for San Laporta, another I think another thing was it, uh, if I'm not mistaken on it, I think he did struggle with some of the um, contested catches and 50-50 balls a little bit. And that's another reason he was down on my list, I think at number nine on my list. So he's a guy that needs to add weight and he's all that. So I was a little bit shocked that the Lions took him a pick before him. But I love the fit there with the Raiders because Josh McDaniels knows what he's doing with his tight ends and knows how to get them production. I think Michael Mayer's going to have a very productive rookie year for the Raiders. So we'll move on to my, or we'll move on to uh, the Carolina pick. Let me get this. I don't know why the NBA popped up and it's like the drag down box is like getting in the way. So we'll move on to the number 39 pick in this year's draft. And it is the Carolina Panthers and they took Jonathan Mingo out of Carolina, and he is a A.J. Brown caliber type of guy. Let me look up something here real quick. So Jonathan uh, Mingo, I'm trying to look up their 40s real quick, but I want to talk to, uh, talk about him while I look up their 40s. Jonathan Mingo is a guy that built very similar to A.J. Brown. Both of them obviously come from Old Miss, and... He's a guy that I did like a lot. I thought he was a really crisp route runner. I thought he was really good in all of that. But I did wonder if, you know, he could separate at an elite level. His speed was a little bit slower than some of the rest of the guys. And uh, he didn't get a lot of separation on it. But on the other side of that, he did. He was able to make those contested catches without getting the separation. He was able to make those physical catches and be a physical receiver and I did like that a lot. So AJ Brown ran a four four nine at the combine. All right, and then Jonathan Mingo ended up running a four four six. So they're about the same actually. Um, so yeah, so I just uh, for me maybe it's AJ Brown getting a little bit faster once he got to the NFL and working on his speed a little bit uh, because AJ Brown's now become a, a really good deep threat for them and able to get those home run footballs. We've seen that in the Super Bowl and all of that. And Jonathan Mingo, I just don't think that 4-4 speed or 4-4-6 speed really translated on the field, and he could definitely get a lot faster in the NFL like A.J. Brown. But I think he provides that, though, and I like the pick for Carolina. It allows a wide receiver to grow with your quarterback, with your young quarterback, and they're able to develop that chemistry. And then on top of that, you add somebody like an Adam Thielen in that, 
locker room that he can learn under that's a veteran that's one of the best route runners in the NFL, one of the best hands in the NFL, and he can just learn under him, has been there and done that, has played in big games in his career, may not have won them because of all things. You could probably talk about the quarterback with the Minnesota and their quarterback issues, but Jonathan Mingo can definitely learn under Adam Thielen, and I like the I like the spot that he's in with Carolina and Bryce Young, and he's a good player. He's definitely a really good player. Um, I'm not going to say he's A.J. Brown or is going to be A.J. Brown, but he is that type of caliber player that very built, very physical wide receiver, and is just super thick at the wide receiver position. He almost looks like a running back. So I like, I like, I like Mingle a lot. I do. He's a... He's good. I think he's going to be a really good player and a really good draft pick for Carolina. So we'll move on to the Saints here. And honestly, I like what the Saints did here. Am I big on Isaiah Foskey? He's a project for me. Um, I know he brings a lot of power uh, with his game. I think he'd be a very physical uh, run stopper right away for your team. But I just think he needs to develop his passing game and his passing technique. I think he relied too much on his bull rush at Notre Dame, and he just wasn't that pass rushing threat that you want to see. I think he got um, – or tackles were able to anchor down on him. He got kind of – he still made – or still mated a little bit too much in his pass rush with his bull rush, and you can see the power he brings in the run game, and you just wish he would, you know, be a little bit better at that in the – when he's rushing the passer and in the passing game. But I think he landed in a good spot here because you have somebody like Cameron Jordan who can definitely teach him and definitely learn and learn him the ropes and all of that. I think it's a really good fit for him. And then you on top of that, they got Brian Brzees. So you got two guys that are going to be able to play right away and learn the NFL game and be able to learn under some really good veteran leadership at New Orleans, so I like the spot for both of them. I do. I think both these guys, uh, Brzees and Foskey, have high potential, and they can definitely develop into really good starters for the Saints. Uh, I, I do like the pick, though, but it is a potential and projection pick, Not, uh, and it may take maybe a year or two before he's able to develop that. If not, he could end up being somebody like a Marcus Davenport, like a... I'm blanking or Jadavion Clowney S, where he brings a lot of power with those rushes. Uh, he's able to get pressure on quarterbacks, but he's not able to convert those into sacks. So he could be the end up being that type of guy once he you know develops a little bit into his game. But he's a good, he's a great athlete that I just think needs to learn learn that position a little bit better and learn how to be a better pass rusher. So we will move on to the next pick, which should be the 41st pick. Get a drink here real quick. And with the 41st pick, the Cardinals, I think, got the better edge rusher out of the Saints in them and B.J. Ojolari. I think B.J. Ojolari, yes, he's he's a project, too, as well. I think he's a guy that could definitely um, benefit from learning and all that. He still needs to work on his, on his pass rushing arsenal. He went to the speed rush a little bit too much, and when it didn't work, he didn't really have, like, a backup move. So you want to see him grow his arsenal of pass rushing moves but for me what really set bj ozolari apart and why he was my number four edge rusher is because of his bend he had really good bend he had a really good get off he had the speed and he had the speed and he has the potential to have that speed to power so i like 
the move for the Cardinals a lot. They go and they pass up an edge rusher that a lot of people are going to think that they were going to take with Will Anderson Jr. And they go and they're going to they go they go and they're like we're going to protect our quarterback. We're going to please our quarterback. He wants Paris Johnson Jr. Let's go get Paris Johnson Jr. So they go and they get him uh, as the franchise left tackle, and then. They go and they get amazing value. A guy that could have been a first round pick or should have been a first round pick, and BJ Ojolari with his potential and his athleticism and the success that uh, guys like him with really good get offs have had in the past. So I really like BJ Ojolari. I like the pick, I like the value that they got with him here. And foregoing edge to get somebody that can be a starting caliber, really good edge rusher for your team once he, you know, grows and develops just a little bit there. So I love the pick for the Cardinals with B.J. Ojolari. So we'll move on here to the Lions pick. And the Lions picked number 45 uh, in the second round. So they're the 41st pick or 45th pick in the second round or in the draft um, halfway through the second round. And they go... And they may have got the best value in the draft with Brian Branch. I absolutely love this pick for them. And when I do team grades on Monday or Tuesday, whenever I'm able to get to them, uh, probably it may end up being uh, may end up being Tuesday uh, that that podcast comes out. Uh, allow myself to get like a couple of days of you know rest in between and all that, and get all that you know those team grades finalized for that podcast. But this this pick right here is going to help their team grade a lot because Brian, they were, so they forego corner. They didn't like, they weren't too big on the other corners or maybe just really big on Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell in that first round though. So they had to go get them and people were wondering, but they go and they get maybe the best nickel guy in the draft, maybe the smartest nickel guy. Uh, in the draft, but obviously you, what comes with him is unfortunately not being able to carry that vertical speed. There was times where he did get beat deep, and I'm wondering if that's why he fell out of the first round is the ability not to carry those guys deep down the field and getting burnt on uh, against really good deep threats. And uh, I just I like him. I think he's a guy that's better fit for playing downhill and playing with his instincts and not having too much room to cover in his game. I think he's a guy that if you allow his instincts to play in a limited space, he's a really good guy and all that. Obviously, he can get faster. It's not a uh, issue like I was talking about earlier. We're talking about um, uh, A.J. Brown. I've completely blanked on it. A.J. Brown. Uh, earlier where he got he he he's gotten faster as his career has gotten on where he's making a lot of contested catches in uh Tennessee and then you see him you know being able to burn guys down the field a little bit better when he's with Philadelphia so you see him you see him get a little bit faster as he's gotten used to the NFL game and all that and maybe Brian Branch can do that but I, I do worry about those vertical threats on him but he's just a guy that this is just a great value pick for them. They're able to trade up and get him. And he provides a lot of instincts and smarts to your secondary, to the back half of your defense. And 
he he could be he could end up being like a very high interception guy, depending on obviously how that works out. You know, sometimes you just depends on how much they throw your way, really, on how many interceptions you get. But Brian Branch is definitely this was definitely a great pick for them, especially since they did forego it and they already get guys that they did really like in Gibbs and Campbell, and I think they just got lucky that Branch fell this far and they were able to go get him with the forty fifth pick, but. We'll move on here to the next pick here at the 46th pick. And we got Keon White to New England. And I absolutely love this pick. This is a guy that's super athletic. It's super athletic that I think can go uh, play a three-tech for New England in their 4-3 defense or can bounce out and play a edge, a run-stopping edge there for them. Um, I like the fit. I like him. He's a guy that is just like is a guy that uh Bill Belichick can just mold into a really good starting defensive lineman. He's just that type of like player that he can do that with. He's super athletic, he's super fluid in his movements and I really like him. I do. I really like him a lot. Uh he wasn't really high up on my uh, list, I think, with edge rushers, I want to say, because I just didn't think he was an edge. I thought he was more of a three-tech. And let me double-check to make sure New England's running this 4-3 defense. I think I'm pretty sure they are. I don't think it's changed because Bill Belichick's there. But you never know. So, yeah, still a 4-3 defense. So I really I do like the pick there because Keon White can play that three-tech and that 4-3 defense and used his athleticism, and he's just going to learn technique under Bill Belichick and under that really good defense. So I absolutely like the pick here for New England because I think they're going to get the most out of his potential. So we'll move on here to Washington, and Washington goes cornerback again. Maybe, probably are maybe my one of my favorite players to watch this year was Jartavis Mount or Jartavis Martin out of Illinois. I. I think I mixed in Martin with Illinois and it just came out wrong. But Jartavis Martin out of Illinois, and I think they're t- they're turning cornerback into a strength. I love the Emmanuel Forbes pick. I love the Jartavis Martin pick. They're getting speed. They're getting fluid movers on their secondary guys that can carry guys across the field and can play and play with guys all day. That can run around and run through, uh, you know, get through the mud. Can run through. Uh, them motioning them across the line of scrimmage before the snap. They can do that all day. And they also have really good instincts. And they're ball hawks as well. So I absolutely love this pick for Washington. And their secondary is definitely going to be a strength this year. It is going to be a strength. And that secondary is going to be fun to watch. Along with that defense, Ron Riviera always, always has a good defense. Always has a fun defense to watch, even when they or sometimes not the best, or beat up a little bit. They're always fun to watch, uh, that defense is. And I think they're going to – this is their secondary is going to be a strength now. They go and they get two really good corners back-to-back, first and second round, two guys that I think were first-round talents. And I think they're going to be starters day one for Washington. So I like those picks a lot. So we'll move on here to the Bucks. And I was going to say a little – Quick thing on this, though, but Cody Mock from North Dakota State got picked. He's a guy that can play anywhere in the offensive line, but it's a guy that the Bucks like. They like those 
nasty D1 AA guys, those FCS guys that can play, like, not play dirty, but can get down and dirty and be physical and be those type of guys for your offense. And Cody Mock's a guy that I think fits perfectly right in uh, to a guard, to a right, right tackle, it's depending on what they want to do there and all that uh, with their offense. And so I'll, I like Cody Mock. He's a guy that I don't think would fit super well at tackle or at right tackle, but I, I would I love him at guard. I think he's a guy that, you know, his short arms may prohibit him from being a good tackle, but move him in the guard and I think his ability at guard it would his his I think stock would just rise on that team just him playing guard and uh I just think that's that's where he fits the best and they got a really really solid uh interior and I think now they're just really missing a right tackle like uh Matt Matt Feeler okay uh Nick Everett okay but I think they could definitely patch up the O-line a little bit more but all in all, I think Cody Mock really solid pick here for Tampa Bay, and he just he's he's of the likes of Alex Kappa and Ryan Jensen, very similar type of guys that they go those guys as they like, and that's gonna be a nasty duo, uh, getting double teamed by if they end up moving him the guard with Jensen and Mock. So I absolutely love those picks there. But we'll move on here to the Steelers, and honestly, I was not huge on Keanu on Keanu Bennett. Uh, and all of that when I played, I just think there's a little bit too much of the like technique stuff that he could have, like it could have improved his game that he needs to work on and all of that. And one of them was hand placement, and I think that was his major issue. Um, that like, I, it was just it just kind of it made him underwhelming to me. But I love the fit here with the Steelers. It's it's one of those things I was talking about on the day one breakdown where. I like the fit for the player. Then I like the team selecting him because I think there was better guys on the board. But I love the I love the fit here for for Keanu Bennett. You're talking about a defensive line group that has tremendous players on it, and knows how to develop knows how to develop those players as well. So I absolutely love this pick for the Steelers being able to develop a guy that when you when he's like when his hand placement's on point. You can see the power. You can see the run-stuffing ability and all of that. Obviously, he could get better at rushing the passer, but there was a little bit too many times where he would get be on double teams or get washed out of the play or all that, and it you're just like, what's going on there? He allowed the guys to get in his chest a little bit too much. I think a lot of it had to do with his hand placement on plays, and I think once he gets his hand placement better, he's a guy that – I think it's going to you're going to see that production improve a lot more, and then he can add in a little bit of the other stuff as well to his game. But all in all, I real I, I like the I like the I like Keanu Bennett more to the Steelers than I like the Steelers picking him up. But I think it's a good pick for the Steelers because they they're they're a type of team that has proven they can develop defensive linemen and make them very solid pieces on their team. So I like the pick up here for Pittsburgh. And they continue a really good draft, in my opinion. They're continuing a really good draft for them. So we'll move on here. And I passed up the Packers' first pick in the second round and talk about them a little bit. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I just wanted to mention it here. The Packers go get Jaden Reed, a guy who I like a lot from Michigan State. And the Bears were really looking at him before they got DJ Moore. 
and they go get him. But earlier in the draft, they go and they get or like ten picks earlier. I want to say, let me, yeah, about eight picks earlier, they go and they get Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Very high potential receiving tight end. Needs to needs to gain some weight. Needs to work on his run game, but is a guy that honestly. It's it's funny just looking at the Packers going and getting pass catchers in the second round. They go, they get somebody that they think they, they can develop as an edge guy, as a defensive guy with Lucas Van Nesk. And then they go, both their second round picks, they go Jaden Reed and they go Luke Musgrave. Two pass catchers, two guys they are probably going to start right away for Green Bay and add that support for Jordan Love as he, you know, is starting his first season as the starter for Green Bay. So, Interesting pickups here. I just want to point out because they don't ever go wide receiver until like the third or fourth round. So it's very interesting. And honestly, I do like the picks here. Luke Musgrave, there's some holes in this game. He wanted to improve, and he has the potential to improve. But Jaden Reed's another guy that I absolutely loved. He was just a standout guy that really stood out. And his route running, his ability to separate, his catching ability is – He's a really good player, and as a Bears fan, I hate for him to go to Green Bay, but I really like him a lot, and hopefully he succeeds, not against the Bears, but against other teams. And then Luke Musgrave's another guy that super high potential, but you worry about his run game a little bit, but I think getting him early out in the pass game, getting him on some PAs and all that, and letting him develop his running a little bit, he needs to work on that. But besides that, I think it's a good pick, a guy that can – be a deep threat, uh, deep deep threat for you, and really test those linebackers out on opposing teams. So we'll move down two picks here to the Seahawks getting Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA, running back. Love this pick so much. Zach Charbonnet is an all around good, really good running back, and he like obviously like he doesn't have that pop with a home run ability but he's a guy that brings power a little bit shiftier than what you expect from a guy his size but absolutely love this pick for Seattle Kenneth Walker is a home run threat every time he touches the football very explosive guy guy that is able to make people miss and then you add in Zach Charbonnet a power guy a little bit shiftier and all that he's a guy that can pass protect I like Zach I like this combo and Seattle going for both of them, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. It is a great pickup for Seattle and really offers that one-two punch to that offense on top of them getting Jackson this or Jackson, Smith, and Jeeba out of Ohio State. This offense is going to be super fun to watch, and I'm excited to see I'm excited to see it. I am I'm super excited to see that Seattle offense. So we'll move on here to the Chargers here, and they got Tuli Tulopupa, or Tulop, I completely butchered his name. Let me look up his name real quick. Let me go to the drop board because I try to do it off memory. Tuli Tula 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 or Tula. I'm not, I'm going to completely butcher it again, so I'm just going to leave it there. Y'all can have a good laugh at me trying to pronounce his name. USC edge rusher uh, Tuli is a really good player. He's a guy that I liked a lot. And he's a guy that absolutely, I think, fits perfectly with the Chargers. He stays in L.A., and he can learn behind Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa. 
and can be that guy that rotates in and out with them, or if Matt gets injured or Bosa gets injured, both of them have injury issues, that he can rotate in with those guys or maybe take their place for a couple of games, and I don't think there's a drop-off there. He's a, he's a really good edge rusher, has a has a arsenal there and all that. I like Thule a lot. He's he's a really good he's a really good player and him with the Chargers, he can just learn and develop behind Mac and Bosa and all that. So I absolutely love the pickup here for the Chargers and getting that defense a little bit. It's not one to do with uh, them in the first round, but Kalaji Kansi went a couple of picks before them. Uh, and for them to have Kalaji Kansi and add to that pass rush, but they still add to that pass rush in the second round with Thule. So absolutely love the pick here. So we'll move on here to the Giants and... The Giants go get my favorite center in the draft, John Michael Schmitz, with the, let's see real quick, with the 57th pick in the second round uh, of the NFL draft. So, a guy that absolutely dominated at Minnesota. Loved his game a lot. They go and get the best center, and I want to look at their offensive line here real quick and what they have with their offensive line because... They're, they've really built this offensive line from being one of the worst in the league to one of the better ones in the league. They go, they get Andrew Thomas. Everybody thought Andrew Thomas was the bus his first couple of years in the league. And all of a sudden last year, he just pops up and is absolutely ends up being a great left tackle for him. And then they go, they go get obviously draft uh, John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota, the best center in the draft class. They need one. They go get one. Great pick up there. And then they add Mark Galinsky, a very solid guard, uh, a guy that can be a play starter to you find that next guy that you can draft, that you can rotate in at guard. So very solid pickup there with Mark Galinsky. And then obviously they draft Ryan Neal last year as a right tackle, and he's a great play. He's a guy that has a lot of potential to be a really good player. So what's honestly been one of their biggest weaknesses over the last 10 years for the Giants is now becoming one of their strengths, and I absolutely love it. It is a great pickup for them, and it, it's honestly I really like it. I think it's a good, it's it's a really good draft choice here, and all that. I I love what the Giants are doing with their draft class as well. So, uh, really good pickups here for the Giants. So we we'll move on here to their rival, to their arch rival, the Dallas Cowboys. And I just wanted to mention this here: they go and they get Luke Shoemaker out of Michigan. Very very solid tight end, a guy that has very few weaknesses, can fit right in, can play right away for Dallas. Absolutely love the pick. Love the pick. And they go, and obviously they miss out with some of these other guys. I wonder what happened, but maybe they just like Mozzie Smith that much out of Michigan that they're like, all right, we can maybe sit and wait for – a tight end to come and drop to us in the second round, and that's what they did. Luke Shoemaker, very good tight end, very solid tight end. I like his game a lot, and I think he's got he's got this gonna be a very solid starter for them. And I like I like what the Cowboys are doing. I think they're having a really solid draft class here. Maybe reached a little bit with Mozzie Smith, but I really like Mozzie Smith to begin with. Uh, and I'm not I'm not. Too upset that they took him in the first round. They could have maybe traded back if they wanted to, but and accumulated some more pick up or more picks. But they got two very quality guys that can come in and play right away for their team. 
and be productive and why they grow and get better. So I absolutely love of, uh, love what the Cowboys are doing here. And then we'll wrap up the second round pick or second round here uh, overview with the Bills going and getting Osiris Torrance out of guard out of Florida. And they go and they draft the best guard in the draft with or the best interior offensive lineman in the draft, in my opinion, with the 59th pick in the draft. A position of need, nonetheless. A position of need. So, let me go here to Buffalo's depth chart here. So, Buffalo's depth chart is... So, they had Ryan Bates. Um, Ryan Bates, if you look him up here. Uh, Ryan Bates. Uh, Bills, if you look at his statistics, let me pull it up here. Um, There we go. So, he's a guy that hasn't started a game. He's been four years in the NFL as a backup for the uh for the Bills, if I'm not mistaken. I can probably go look here at something else. But ESPN, he doesn't have like any start stats or anything like that. Um at all. And they go and they take a guard, a position of need that they need, and they're Offensive line's looking pretty good. You have Spencer Brown, really solid right tackle. You add in Osiris Torrance there, wherever guard you want to put him at. Mitch Morris, really really good center. Connor McGovern, really good guard. And then Deion Dawkins, a really solid left tackle for your team. And I love what I absolutely love what uh the Buff the Bills did here. They go and you're just like we're gonna we're gonna have to protect Josh Allen here and be able to have him be protected. We go and get who was their first. I'm blanking on who the first round pick was. I am not doing a good job here with remembering some of these picks here in the first round and second round and all that. So first round, what is happening here? Uh, kind of squished out on me. All right, so yeah, they go and they get Don Kincaid. They add to the pass. They add to they add to their passing game. They give him some, give him some help in the passing game, make that passing game more dynamic, and they go at the end of the second round, and you know what? We're gonna add to that passing game and give him more time to pass with Osiris Torrance, who's an absolute beast, and he's a guy that can add to the run game. He can pull. He's very good at reaching guys. Very fluid in his movements. Can move guys and all of that. I I love Osiris Torrance's game. Not a lot of holes in his game, so I really like the pickup with the Bills here. So we'll move on here to the third round. And I finally get to talk about my Bears and all that. So that's going to be fun to talk about their day two, which I'm not too big on. I'm not, I wasn't too big on their day two, but I understand what they're doing here. Ryan Poles is a traits guy. He loves the high upside. He absolutely loves the high upside here. So... With the Bears pick, uh, they had two second-round picks. So I just want to clap. Oops. So sorry if y'all heard that. I just accidentally hit my phone while I was recording. So if y'all hear something, that's on me. But uh, the Bears had two second-round picks, and they had one. They had the top of the third. Uh, the first uh, pick in the third round. I wanted to just kind of clump them together because of that, because I do have questions about all of them here, uh, all the picks, but their traits pick. Their traits. They had the traits to be really good players. Zach Pickens, uh, they ended up picking with the, if I'm not mistaken here, 
Uh, but yeah, with their first pick in the third round. In the second round, they got Gervin Dexter, interior defense lineman out of Florida with the 53rd pick. And then they got Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback out of Miami with the 56th pick. So that's their draft picks there. And let's start with we'll start with Pickens here since it, since we're getting to the third round. He was the first pick of the third round. And he's the guy with a great get-off. But struggles to get off doubles, and he struggles with the technique and getting guys off and hand placement and all that. He's a guy that you're going to have to work with uh, to be a good player. And I think with the good coaching, we've seen Eberflus work with these type of defensive linemen in Dallas. And uh, I know he was a linebacker coach in Dallas, but um, and uh, I'm blanking here with Indianapolis here and be able to develop these guys here, guys like. DeForest Buckner, guys like Grover Stewart, Quiddy Pay, uh, Kamiko Ture ended up being a really solid player before he got injured in 2019. So stuff like that, or 2020, stuff like that. Or was 20, I forgot if it was 2019 or 20. I want to say it was 2020 that he got injured. But stuff like that. You know, he's able to develop these defensive linemen and make them very good players. And then you add in, let's go to the our second round pick here was Gervin Dexter out of Florida. And he's kind of the opposite. It's kind of funny. He's kind of the opposite. I think he's a little bit better technique-wise, still needs to work on it. But his get-off is so freaking slow. He's maybe two, three seconds late getting off the football. And the guys are already, like, moving, and he's just still sitting there. And you're just like, oh, I'm like, what is going on here? So you wonder a little bit of that. And sometimes when the play's away from him, he gets a little bit lazy. But like I said, Matt Eberflus has worked with defense linemen and made them really good players. So you're hoping he can do that with these two guys, two guys that have really high potential. Zach Pickens, good athlete, great get off. I think could be a really good pass rusher uh, once he develops that type of game for him. And then Gervin Dexter, I think, could be a guy that can also provide a good amount of stuff once he develops that get-off and all that and stops getting off the ball two seconds late. And Tyreek Stevenson's a guy that I like physically. I think he's going to be a really good physical corner. I liked him a lot in zone. And I know he ran like a 4-4-40 uh, or 4-6, uh, 4-4-6 or something like that. Let me uh, look it up here. So Tyreek. Stevenson, so let's look him up, and then let's go to, is that popping up? That's fantastic. So, sorry, am I, am I actually popping up? I spelled his name wrong, so it didn't pop up, right? So, yeah, Tyree Stevenson, he ran a four four five, and sometimes it doesn't look like that on film, you know, uh, and I don't know if it's just him getting maybe caught up in the mesh or all that. I know his hips are a little bit stiff from time to time, and he doesn't move the best east to west, uh, and all of that. And sometimes he can get burnt, burnt like vertically, too. And I don't know if he brings that four four, uh, play speed to the NFL or to, or to game day and all of that. But what I liked about him was his instincts and what he does in zone coverage, and I think he does fit what Matt Matt Eberflus likes out of his cornerbacks, very instinctive guy, very smart end zone coverage, and is a guy that is going to be physical, not afraid to hit, not afraid to come down and make plays. So I like that a lot in that pick. Do I question it? Do I think there's better corners on the board? Maybe. 
but at the end of the day, you need guys that is or is, like you need guys that are going to fit your system and fit your defense. And Eberflus, uh, Ryan Pelos got guys that I think fit Eberflus' systems. Obviously, two both interior guys uh, on the defense, Zach Pickens, and you got Gervin Dexter. Two developmental guys that are going to be maybe a year or two, uh, maybe a year away, year and a half away of get, seeing that potential out of them, where Tyree Stevenson's a guy that I think you can plug and play right away in your system and be a really solid player. So I like the pick for uh, – I like those picks for the Bears, but I did question it. I did think there was a little bit better players on the board for them to go out and get, and they didn't get them. But obviously, as a Bears fan, I'm excited to see them play – and all of that, am I happy that they left some of these guys on the board that I liked a little bit better? Not really, but do I recognize the upside from these guys? Yes, I do. So I do want to see these guys develop, and I think they had the potential to develop, especially under Eberflu, so I do like it a lot. So we'll move here to the second pick in the third round, and it is Tyler Steen going to the Eagles. This is a guy I loved a lot uh, coming out of um, Alabama, and I wanted to point this out here because they announced him at guard because, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles already have their tackles. They have Lane Johnson, and I'm blanking on their left tackle here, and I clicked on the Giants on accident. So we'll – give me one sec here. So they have Lane Johnson. They have Travis – or Travis Kelsey. They have Jason Kelsey, and – all right, here we go. Yeah, they got Jordan Mylala. There we go. I've – I've I knew I was going to absolutely butcher his last name if I didn't look at it. And obviously, at Landon Dickerson or Landon Dickerson out of Alabama. Uh, I think this is his coming up his third year. I want to say I felt like he just got drafted last year, maybe his third year. He's a really good player at guard. I absolutely love his game. He had a terrible holding call at the end of the year. It was one of the worst holding calls I've seen, where he pancaked a guy, and they it was it was terrible. I don't understand how that was the holding call, but. They go and they add Tyler Stevens, who I like a lot. This is a guy that absolutely I like, and they got really good value in the third round. And the thing I want to point out was they moved him to guard, and I think he's going to be able to fight for that starting job right away and may get that starting job at guard. And I absolutely really like the pick here. And there's guys that can develop these guys and make them really good starters. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. And speaking of the Eagles, they had the next pick, and they go and they get my favorite safety in the draft with Sidney Brown out of Illinois. It's oh my gosh. This was a This was a great pick here. I absolutely love this pick here. And they let me go over here to their draft board. They have Reed Blankenship as their starting safety or safety. Safety. And I can't speak today at all. I keep uh, slurring my words together. I don't know what I'm doing here, but I think it's because it's late uh, when I'm doing this and a little bit tired, but uh, I keep slurring my words a little bit. But So they so we got Sidney Brown here and Reed Blankenship fighting for that free safety spot. I think Sidney Brown could win that and start day one. So you're telling me you got potentially with your first four picks, you got three guys that can potentially start day one for you. Cindy Brown, I think, can start day one for Philadelphia. Jalen Carter, if he comes in with the right attitude, can start day one for Philadelphia. Tyler Steen, 
is a guy that can come in and compete for that starting guard spot for Philadelphia. I like it a lot. And if Nolan, and Nolan Smith's going to be a guy that needs some development to his game, but I love what Philadelphia is doing with their draft class. I absolutely love what they're doing. They are doing a phenomenal job. And these these two picks right here absolutely fit perfectly with what they're trying to do. Love what they're doing. I love I loved watching Tyler Steen play, and I loved watching Sidney Brown play. Two guys that really popped off the board for me, and I think are going to make some really good impacts for Philadelphia. So I like both of those picks there. So we'll move on here to Drew Sanders. I kind of want to point it out here. Drew Sanders was a guy that was getting some first-round buzz a couple months ago and kind of went down, but he goes to Denver. And honestly, I think that's where... I think he's going to maybe potentially start. I am blanking on a lot of Denver's defensive guys here. Um, I didn't watch a lot of Denver football last year because obviously they were probably the worst team to watch last year. Their defense was amazing, keeping them in games and all that. So, yeah, so yeah, he. I think he does have a chance to start his 3-4 defense. You can play him at edge. You can rotate him in to be a blitz guy, why he develops being an off-ball linebacker. He's behind uh, Josie Jewell, who I like a lot. Of um, Iowa doesn't really have the athleticism uh, from time to time, but I think he's a really smart guy. And then, yeah, Alex Singleton uh, here as well, solid guy as well. So I think Drew Sanders, if he, if he can develop his game and become a really solid off-ball linebacker, which I think he can, and then you add in his ability to blitz and to rush the passer – on those blitzes and they give them pass rushing moves. I like the pick a lot for Denver. It's a position that I think they can improve. And yeah, Drew Sanders is a guy that obviously a more developmental guy because he's only, he hasn't played, he's only played off ball uh, linebacker for one year. And you want to see him develop a little bit and get a little bit better at doing that. But I think if they can, they maybe may have found their starting inside linebacker in their defense. So I'll do like the pick here for Denver. So we'll move here to the number five pick in the third round. So we, we're going over here, the top five third round picks here. And the Lions trade up and they take Hinton Hooker. Got a lot of questions about this one. Hinton Hooker, very good player. Uh, obviously fun to watch last year in that Tennessee offense. Do question his ability to process from time to time. He was doing a lot of the or process full-filled reads and all that, and going into an NFL offense, there's a lot of one side of the field reads, half the field reads that he was doing, and he did a really good job at doing that. But you put on the other side that he wasn't making a lot of the full field reads and all that, and he does have an injury history, all that. But I'll say this, he does throw a good deep ball. And I know that's what all the analysts are saying, like his deep ball is amazing. It is. He does throw a really good deep ball. I think his mechanics are really solid. I just think he maybe struggle may struggle early on with processing an NFL offense, and he may have to sit and learn a little bit. Jared Goff, a really good player, had a great season last year, but it was honestly his first really great season out. It was or actually his only great season outside of being under Sean McVay, and his really first good season, and like. Uh, his last good season was really in 2018 when they went to the Super Bowl and lost to New England, and the Rams did. So 
are you going to get Jared Goff and him being consistent for your offense? You don't know that. So I like the pick and having the contingency plan just in case Jared Goff does crap the bed next year. But Henry Hooker, I think, obviously towards ACL last year, you, you can let the ACL get completely healed. You can let it get completely healed and allow Henry Hooker to sit and say if the Lions just have a down year or Jared Goff just has a down year and the Lions are middle of the pack, maybe you can throw in Hendon Hooker to spice things up to maybe get a jump start for your team halfway through the year or later in the year and maybe try to make a playoff push with him. But I think Hendon Hooker, this is a good fit for him because you have Jared Goff. We don't know what's going to happen with Jared Goff. Maybe next year he Hendon Hooker can compete for that starting spot in Detroit. But I like the pick here, and if anything, Lions got a really good backup quarterback in Hinton Hooker, so I do like the pickup here for the Lions. Really solid pickup here. They're they've they've had probably the most interesting draft class I've seen. I don't know the, the way they've gotten guys and the way they it's it's funny too because they get like all their guys are really solid, really solid guys that I like a good amount. Maybe Hinton Hooker a little bit less than what most people like that most people like in Hooker, but they go and they get Jameer Gibbs. I thought he rivaled, honestly, B. John Robinson as the best running back in this class. I thought he was that good. Uh, Jack Campbell, my favorite linebacker in this draft, very smart guy. Love the pick there. They go and they get Brian Branch, very smart corner. Obviously, you question the athleticism and all that, but... Very smart corner. They're having a really good draft class. It's just like people I don't think are questioning where they're drafting these guys at, but they're ha- they're still having a really good draft class. It's it's a very weird draft class. Very interesting, but absolutely, it's been a, it's been a fun draft class just to look over and to ponder like how do they end up getting these guys. Like all these guys, all these guys are really good players. All these guys are arguably the top other position besides Hendon Hooker and they go out and they get them. It's it's very interesting. Very interesting draft class here. So we'll um I'll pause here, take a little bit of break uh for the hour mark here so it doesn't cut me off and then I'll get back and we'll finish up the third round here uh real quick and then um call it a day or night depending on when you're listening to this. So um take a little break here and then um get back to going over the third round here. All right, guys, and I'm back from my break. Y'all are not going to notice it, uh, the break, but obviously I do, and it may, like, really, you're just like, why is the flow a little bit different here from one second to another? It's because I had taken a break, but we are back. And, yeah, so we'll get we'll get back on the third round here, and we are moving down here to the Raiders pick in the third round, and let me go to it to give you all the pick here, is the 70th pick in the draft. And the Raiders go and they get Byron Young out of Alabama. And if you listen to the interior defensive line uh, rankings, I love I love Byron Young. Great hands. Getting off the ball, I thought he was a little bit out of shape. Definitely get in shape, but he also was a guy that played at the wrong position. He they put him on the edge. He's not an edge guy. He's a three tech guy, and absolutely love the pick. He's a guy that I think can play right away for your team. He he provides some very solid pass rush, and he provides I think really good run stopping ability. And 
he was my number two interior guy behind Jalen Carter. No Jalen Carter in this draft class. He would have been my number one interior guy. And they get him and they get Tyree Wilson. Two guys that they can go and develop. They can sit and develop. And then on top of that, if you go to the Raiders uh, depth chart or you go to the roster here, the Raiders have... You go to the roster. Let me exit out here. I use our lads to let y'all know. It's for the depth chart. I uh, find it like it's pretty accurate in my opinion. Uh, they may get some stuff wrong here and there, but it's pretty accurate uh, from my experience with it. But they have Jerry Tillery, who's a guy that obviously got cut from the Chargers before his rookie year contract was up. You got Blau Nichols, very solid guy from Chicago. It's, it's I think it's his second year there. But I think Byron Young can definitely compete for that three-tech spot. I know Blau Nichols is a guy that's a little bit smaller. Maybe um, the Raiders may need somebody a little bit bigger to play that one or the one-tech spot, but or play the A-gap spot, whatever you want to call it. And Byron Young can play that three-tech uh, right away for you. I just I, I love the pick there, and they're beefing up that defensive line while – also adding some good amount to the passing game and all that. They go get Michael Mayer. They go get Trey Tucker a little bit later in this in the third round, who adds a lot of speed to their offense. So love what the Raiders are doing. I think, in my opinion, they're having the best draft of anybody so far. They're having the best draft. That's how highly I think of these players that they've got. And I'm excited to see what the Raiders are going to do. I know I'm a big Derek Carr guy. I more a more of a supporter than a lot of people are with him. But I think what they can do with Jimmy Garoppolo with him teaming back up with Josh McDaniels and all of that, I'm excited to see what the Raiders are able to do with their offense. But we'll move down here. We'll do two for one here with the Giants and the Browns. And with these two picks, the 73rd and the 74th pick, both the Tennessee wide receivers go. Jalen Hyatt goes to the Giants with the 73rd pick. 74th pick, Cedric Tillman goes to Cleveland. And I understand the Giants pick. I like it a lot. You add a lot of speed to that offense in New York. I absolutely love the pick. Danny Dimes has a deep threat, has a legitimate deep threat. Now we're waiting on Wondell Robinson to uh, get healthy and all that and prove himself Paris Campbell been injured he's lost a little bit of that speed and you've seen that last year with the Colts but they add a legit deep threat that can spread the defense that can really test those safeties and test those DBs I love this pick for New York it's a it's a really good pick especially in the third round it's a guy that was talks about being a late first rounder maybe early second and they get him in the middle of the third Absolutely amazing value. I know there's questions about maybe his hips and his route running and all that, but just go send him deep. Just go send him deep and let him use his speed in his route running. And I think you're getting a guy that I think is going to be very a very good starter for your team as a deep threat. Is he going to be your leading receiver? No. Is he going to be... Your best pass catcher, no, but he it's a guy it's a guy that every team needs on an offense, and I, I like the pick there. And then you go to Cedric Tillman, you had a guy that is going to be a 
very good physical receiver, uses body well and all of that. And I just think it adds to that offense that Cleveland already has. And if Deshaun Watson can get back to that level that he was playing at with Houston before all the, uh, all that stuff happened with him and his own doing of that stuff and his consequences with that, I'm very interested to see how this offense is. Because Cedric Tillman, I think, could be arguably one of the better receivers in this draft class and definitely a top five receiver but when it's all said and done. That's how highly I think of him. And I think he fits the NFL schemes to a T and all that. I really like Cedric Tillman a lot. And he's a guy that him and Donovan Peoples-Jones play very similar. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones may be a little bit more athletic, but it's it, he's going to be in that Donovan Peoples-Jones role with them and catching those type of balls and being that type of receiver for them. So I like I liked the pick a lot for the Browns here. And then we'll move on here to the next pick, which is which would be the 75th pick in the draft. The Falcons go and they get Zach Harrison. It's, a, it's just a value pick I love. Absolutely a value pick I liked a lot. A guy with super long arms, super high upside. They forgo edge in the first round and second round. And they get a guy that could potentially be a starting edge rusher in the third round. So, I like the pick here for the Falcons. I think it's a really good pickup and a really good value there for what they've done in the first round. I think they're having a really good draft class as well. So, I like what they're doing uh, in Atlanta. So, we'll move on here to the next pick, obviously, because uh, I got all these clinked in together here. Um, I got New England getting Marte Moop. Uh, Mapu, I think is how you pronounce it, out of Sacramento State. Safety slash linebacker slash nickel back. The Patriots go get him. It's another guy. You're talking about Keanu or Keon White, very athletic guy. Uh, if you can put uh, uh, Marte Mapu, or I think is how you pronounce it, you can put him wherever you want to. He's very similar to Kyle Douglas and the fact that he came from a small college Kyle Douglas is definitely just a more of a safety guy where Marte can he can play nickel, he can play linebacker, and he can play safety wherever you want to put him at. And I just think it's one of those hybrid guys that New England knows how to utilize and I think will utilize very effectively and will figure out how to use him and where to use him at. So I love the pickup here for New England. And if he gains weight, he gets up to 230 and... All that 235, I think he'll be a dominant linebacker and a very fun linebacker to watch uh, in the NFL. So I I like it a lot. He's a guy that you can put in packages right away, and he can produce on the field and blitz packages and all that. So I'll, I like the pick for New England, as a especially as a developmental guy for them. So we'll move down here to the Colts, and the Colts picking here with the 79th pick. And the Colts go out and they get Josh Downs. And I've, if you watch the, if you listen to the receiver podcast, you know I have concerns about Josh Downs, but for the Colts and what he brings on the field, absolutely like it a lot. I do. I think he's a guy that may have been a second round talent, probably should have been a second round talent. That I think, like, if you watch on the film and you can just see him on the film, like, sometimes he throws like tantrums when he doesn't get the ball, and you worry about that, obviously, especially with a young quarterback that has to develop a little bit, especially with processing with uh, Anthony Richardson. And you wonder about that, but I think Josh Downs provides that slot 
player that they need, a guy that's going to be a reliable uh, guy for them. And I like the pick on the field. The question is what's going to happen like off the field and all that. But I do like the pick on the field. It's a really solid pickup for the Colts. And like like I said with Bryce Young with Jonathan Mingo, you get a wide receiver that can grow with your quarterback, with your young quarterback. So I like it a lot. So we move down two picks to the 81st pick. And we got the Titans getting Tajay Spears. And I love this pick for the Titans. It just adds that little change of pace to their run game uh, when they can sit Derrick Henry out. And they also add a little bit to their passing game with Tajay Spears and being able to have a running back that can go and they and he can run all the routes that you want him to. I like it a lot. It was interesting to note here that he doesn't have an ACL. It's, it's a little bit concerning, but with him, seeing how he played last year, uh, and all of that, it didn't look like it bothered him too much because he was really shifty, very fast. But it is a little bit concerning and all that that he may not be able to um, have that longevity of a career, but I hope he does because he's a really good player. He's a very good player, and I love the fit here with Tennessee with him. I thought it was a really good pickup. So we'll move down here to the Miami pick. And this is another running back I wanted to highlight here. So they go and they pick, um, where is this at here? Pick 84th. And they go and they get Devin Ashane from Texas A&M. Super, super fast guy. Fits their scheme to a T. And sorry if I just busted your eardrum because I got really loud there. But he fits their scheme to a T. Outside zone, allowed those guys to utilize their speed Gosh, he fits their scheme to a T. I love this pick for him. He's a guy that I think is going to add a lot of impact right away to that offense. And gosh, man, I love that pick for them. It was I, when they got him, I was like, that fits perfectly. It's such a good pickup for Miami and what they like to run in their offense. So, really good pick up there. I just wanted to highlight that. And then we're going down here and we got two linebackers here. We got. Chargers getting Dan Henley with the 82nd pick. And then we got the Ravens getting Trenton Simpson out of Clemson with the 83rd pick. And Henley is from Washington State. So, again, starting on Henley, guy that played wide receiver at Nevada, then transferred to Washington State. And he's a guy that he, he can sit and learn behind Kenneth Murray and Eric Kendricks. And then maybe replace one of them if they don't want to re-sign one of them. So a super a super athletic off the ball linebacker that can that I was waiting on where he got drafted because he's a guy that I liked a lot. Was a little bit down in my rankings and probably most people because of I think he doesn't process the linebacker and all that very well. But it, it was a spot where like I think if he gets in the right situation he's able to learn and sit behind veteran guys that's been in the league for multiple years and knows the game has started in the NFL I love that spot for him and this is a guy that can definitely you can maybe play uh and rotate in there from time to time and he's a guy that can definitely be a starter from a year or two a year or two from now and be a productive starter at that so I love what the Chargers did here. They go and they add depth to their linebacking core and add a guy that and add and add a guy that 
they can believe can become a starter within a year or two, and so they don't have to worry that position, worry about that position come draft night next year or a year or two from now, or uh, have to worry about something free agency because it's a guy that you can develop into a starting guy. And same thing with Trenton Simpson here. It's a guy that you have Roquan Smith, who they just signed, and they have Patrick Queen. Most likely or not, they probably won't sign, re-sign Patrick Queen unless they did without me knowing. So let me, uh, Patrick Queen's contract. There we go. Uh, so he's a guy that, very interesting enough. Let me see here. Let me double check his contract. So... Three years in the NFL. He's still on his rookie deal. So, yeah. So, yeah. I don't think they... I think they declined his fifth-year option, I want to say. So, no. No, they picked up his fifth-year option. So, he's going to be in his fourth year. And you get Trenton Simpson. A guy that's played a lot of different positions at Clemson. Um, He's played nickel. He's played safety. A guy that's learning the linebacker position. And... He's another guy that I think once Patrick Queen, you know, once that fits your options up in two years, Trent Simpson's a guy that you can go and you can plug in there once he learns the position and once he learns behind these guys and can come a, become a really good linebacker for them. Or he's a guy that you can maybe move around to safety or you can maybe move to nickel because he's that fluid of a mover that he can go and he can play nickel back for you uh, in certain packages. So... I love the pick here for the Ravens. It just I want to see how they utilize him because he's a guy that has that he can play multiple different spots here for them. So I'm very interested to see like what they utilize here. But all in all, I really like the pickup here, and I just want to highlight both of them because both of them are very athletic linebackers that can I have played different positions in the past. They're still learning that position. That get behind two veteran linebackers that want to that uh, that they can learn behind, and I think develop into really good stars. So I like Henley, I like Simpson, and they got into really good spots here. And then another linebacker, the Cowboys go and they get De- uh, DeMarvin Overshone out of Texas at the 90th pick. And this is a guy that was my second linebacker in this draft class behind Jack Campbell. And I love this pick here. He's a guy I think you can go and play right away. He's he's a guy that has a lot of range, offers a lot of athleticism, offers some really solid coverage, and I think he fits perfectly next to Vander Ash, who's a more down the hill, uh, more down a more downhill guy, and Overshone can be that rangy guy for them. I I love the pick for them. It's a great pick up here, and dang, I I I they they get they get a Texas guy. Cowboys go and get go and get a Texas guy, and it just adds to what they're doing in, in this year's draft. I I really like what the Cowboys are doing. They're getting positions of need. And they're filling it with really good guys, so I like it. And they continue the right, the linebacker run of talking about linebackers here. Dorian Williams goes to Buffalo, a position of need. I think he fits right beside Matt Lalano, all pro guy, very well. And Dorian is a guy that has really good cover skills and has a lot of range. So I like the pick a lot, and I think he fits well next to Milano and maybe can start right away in Buffalo system uh, and replace Tremaine uh, Edmonds. So I like it. It's a really good uh, really good pick here for Buffalo, and uh, I think that's your Tremaine Edmonds replacement there. So we'll move down here to the last two things I'm talking about here, and one of them is Saika or Saik 
or Saika Ika, I want to say it's how you pronounce it, from Baylor, nose tackle, defensive tackle, whatever you want to call it. Um, he goes to Cleveland, and I love the fit. I do. I love the fit here. He goes and he can sit behind Jordan Elliott and Dalvin Thomason, two vets that have played the position, have started a lot of games, and he can be a guy that you can rotate in day one and he can provide some really good run support for your defense as you're rotating him in. I like Saeed Ika. You want you, you want you want to see him develop that pass rushing game and develop that bull rush and get a little bit more powerful with that bull rush. He's not a guy that's going to be spending and doing all these moves and all that, but you want him to have that ability that Vita Vea has. Uh, Vita Vea is a one-of-a-kind player, but you're hoping he can be, you know, a little bit of Vita Vea uh, as a, you know, as a late third-round pick that he is, but he's a guy that I think he can play day one. He's going to offer really good run support for your team. Uh, day one, but he's a guy that can also learn behind Jordan Elliott and Dalvin Thompson and all of that. So I I like the pick here for the Browns, and uh, they get a guy that can play day, that can probably play day one for them in the third in the late third round. So I like it. And then the last thing I want to highlight: if you watched NFL Network's coverage, you saw it. Rich Eisen getting super hyped over Jake Moody being the first kicker selected in the draft by the 49ers, and he goes with the, let me get this pick right, he goes with the 99th pick in the draft. So he, it was almost like a perfect, like he goes on the 100th pick, a kicker, and all of that. That would have been awesome, but he goes 99th. And he's a kicker from Michigan. He's an absolute beast. I think he's a two-time Luke, um... Luke, uh, um, uh, Luke, uh, Groza, uh, Luke, yeah, Luke Rosa, uh, national kicker of the year, um, uh, winner. Let me, um, let me look this up real quick. I want to say he is, if I'm not mistaken here. I want to say he's a two time winner. I could be mistaken, but let's see here. We'll do a Wikipedia check real quick if it says it. No, it's just that he's a one time. Uh, he's a one-time winner, but he's a two-time, uh, first-team All-Big Ten and all that. Probably should have been a two-time Lou Gar- Lou Lou Groza Award winner. I'm butchering everybody's name today, but absolute phenomenal kicker. They don't have Robbie Gold anymore, and they go and they add a guy that can start for them and a guy that's played in difficult conditions outside in Michigan. I think he's he's going to be a solid kicker in the NFL, but obviously you get to the NFL, you don't know what your kicker is going to be like. You just hope for the best and uh, all that. We've seen it with the Florida State kicker. Uh, like, feel bad for him, but he just never got that confidence that he had at Florida State and was never that uh, good for Tampa Bay. And so kickers are hit and miss. You, you hope you can land on a kicker in the draft, but sometimes they're hit and miss. But... I feel pretty solid about Jake Moody. Hopefully his confidence doesn't waver because confidence is huge for kickers. So hopefully his confidence doesn't waver and he can be a really solid kicker for them. But I that, that wraps it up here. That wraps up the day two breakdown. I appreciate y'all for listening. Another long podcast. I was trying to get it under an hour 15 and I, a little bit over it. But I appreciate y'all for listening to both of these long podcasts. This is over... 
around three hours of podcast uh, content. So if y'all just listen to one of them, I'll be happy. If y'all just skim through them and you know listen to your teams and what they've done and all that, I'll be happy as well. Just as long as you're listening to just a little bit, I'm happy with it and uh, taking something from it. But I appreciate y'all. Uh, so much for you know listening and all that and make sure to like share and comment i'm always open to suggestions and making it better for y'all more enjoyable for y'all to listen to and yeah so yeah i'll be like i said earlier i'll be breaking down i'll be doing team grades and breaking down a little bit of what they've done um i'm not gonna break down every team and what they did because uh obviously it I would be like a two and a half hour podcast, but I will do team grades for each team on Tuesday. I'll do Tuesday. I'll post it to it will be posted Tuesday morning uh, for y'all to listen to. I'll give myself a couple of days of resting and breaks and just relaxing and enjoying the NFL draft and enjoying my weekend and all that. So I appreciate y'all. Uh, so much and it's been an enjoyable draft season and all that and it's coming to an end with day three tomorrow so hopefully y'all player hopefully y'all can find some stills for y'all's teams hopefully the bears find some stills for me and all that so you know hopefully y'all enjoy it hopefully your teams get the players you want and i will see y'all on tuesday and talk to y'all tuesday yes i'm not seeing y'all i'm I'm just talking to y'all but i'll talk to y'all tuesday so see y'all later